Chapter 21 When the Canaanite, the king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard that Israel was coming by the way of Atharim, he fought against Israel and took some of them captive. And Israel vowed a vow to the Lord and said, If you will indeed give this people into my hand, then I will devote their cities to destruction. And the Lord heeded the voice of Israel and gave over the Canaanites, and they devoted them and their cities to destruction. So the name of the place was called Horma. From Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten, when he sees it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and live. And the people of Israel set out and camped in Oboth. And they set out from Oboth and camped at Aya Abarim, in the wilderness that is opposite Moab, toward sunrise. From there they set out and camped in the valley of Zered. From there they set out and camped on the other side of Arnon, which is in the wilderness that extends from the border of the Amorites, for the Arnon is the border of Moab, between Moab and the Amorites. Therefore it is said in the book of the wars of the Lord, Wahab and Sufa and the valleys of the Arnon, and the slope of the valleys that extends to the seat of Ar, and leans to the border of Moab. And from there they continued to Beer, that is the well of which the Lord said to Moses, Gather the people together so that I may give them water. Then Israel sang this song, Spring up, O well, sing to it, the well that the princes made, that the nobles of the people dug, with the scepter and with their staffs. And from the wilderness they went on to Matana, and from Matana to Nahaliel, and from Nahaliel to Bamoth, and from Bamoth to the valley lying in the region of Moab by the top of Pisgah that looks down on the desert. Then Israel sent messengers to Sihon, king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through your land. We will not turn aside into the field or the vineyard. We will not drink the water of a well. We will go by the king's highway until we have passed through your territory. But Sihon would not allow Israel to pass through his territory. He gathered all his people together and went out against Israel to the wilderness and came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. And Israel defeated him with the edge of the sword and took possession of his land from the Arnon to the Jabbok, as far as to the Ammonites, for the border of the Ammonites was strong. And Israel took all these cities, and Israel settled in all the cities of the Amorites, in Heshbon and in all its villages. For Heshbon was the city of Sihon the king of the Amorites, who had fought against the former king of Moab and taken all his land out of his hand as far as the Arnon. Therefore the ballad singers say, Come to Heshbon, let it be built. Let the city of Sihon be established. For fire came out from Heshbon, flame from the city of Sihon. It devoured Ar of Moab and swallowed the heights of the Arnon. Woe to you, O Moab! You are undone, O people of Chemosh! 
he has made his sons fugitives and his daughters captives to an Amorite king, Sihon. So we overthrew them. Heshbon, as far as Dibon, perished, and we laid waste as far as Nephoah. Fire spread as far as Mediba. Thus Israel lived in the land of the Amorites. And Moses sent to spy out Jazer, and they captured its villages and dispossessed the Amorites who were there. Then they turned and went up by the way to Bashan, and Og, the king of Bashan, came out against them, he and all his people, to battle at Edri. But the Lord said to Moses, Do not fear him, for I have given him into your hand, and all his people, and his land. And you shall do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who lived at Heshbon. So they defeated him and his sons and all his people until he had no survivor left, and they possessed his land. Chapter 22 Then the people of Israel set out and camped in the plains of Moab beyond the Jordan at Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor, saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was in great dread of the people, because they were many. Moab was overcome with fear of the people of Israel. And Moab said to the elders of Midian, This horde will now lick up all that is around us, as the ox licks up the grass of the field. So Balak the son of Zippor, who was the king of Moab at the time, sent messengers to Balaam the son of Beor at Pethor, which is near the river in the land of the people of Amah, to call him, saying, Behold, a people has come out of Egypt. They cover the face of the earth, and they are dwelling opposite me. Come now, curse this people for me since they are too mighty for me. Perhaps I shall be able to defeat them and drive them from the land, for I know that he whom you bless is blessed, and he whom you curse is cursed. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the fees for divination in their hand, and they came to Balaam and gave him Balak's message. And he said to them, Lodge here tonight, and I will bring back word to you, as the Lord speaks to me. So the princes of Moab stayed with Balaam, and God came to Balaam and said, Who are these men with you? And Balaam said to God, Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, has sent to me, saying, Behold, a people has come out of Egypt, and it covers the face of the earth. Now come, curse them for me. Perhaps I shall be able to fight against them and drive them out. God said to Balaam, You shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are blessed. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princes of Balak, Go to your own land, for the Lord has refused to let me go with you. So the princes of Moab rose and went to Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come with us. Once Balak sent princes, more in number and more honorable than these, and they came to Balaam and said to him, Thus says Balak the son of Zippor, Let nothing hinder you from coming to me, for I will surely do you great honor, and whatever you say to me, I will do. Come, curse this people for me. But Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the command of the Lord my God to do less or more. So you too, please stay here tonight, that I may know what more the Lord will say to me. And God came to Balaam at night and said to him, If the men have come to call you, rise, go with them, but only do what I tell you. So Balaam rose in the morning and saddled his donkey and went with the princes of Moab. But God's anger was kindled because he went, and the angel of the Lord took his stand in the way as his adversary. Now he was riding on the donkey, and his two servants were with him. And the donkey saw the angel of the Lord standing in the road, 
with the sword drawn in his hand. And the donkey turned aside out of the road and went into the field. And Balaam struck the donkey to turn her into the road. Then the angel of the Lord stood in a narrow path between the vineyards with a wall on either side. And when the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she pushed against the wall and pressed Balaam's foot against the wall. So he struck her again. Then the angel of the Lord went ahead and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right or to the left. When the donkey saw the angel of the Lord, she lay down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he struck the donkey with his staff. Then the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey, and she said to Balaam, What have I done to you that you have struck me these three times? And Balaam said to the donkey, Because you have made a fool of me, I wish I had a sword in my hand, for then I would kill you. And the donkey said to Balaam, Am I not your donkey on which you have ridden all your life long to this day? Is it my habit to treat you this way? And he said, No. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed and fell down on his face. And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why have you struck your donkey these three times? Behold, I have come out to oppose you because your way is perverse before me. The donkey saw me and turned aside before me these three times. If she had not turned aside from me, surely now I would have killed you and let her live. Then Balaam said to the angel of the Lord, I have sinned, for I did not know that you stood in the road against me. Now therefore, if it is evil in your sight, I will turn back. And the angel of the Lord said to Balaam, Go with the men, but speak only the word that I tell you. So Balaam went on with the princes of Balak. When Balak heard that Balaam had come, he went out to meet him at the city of Moab on the border formed by the Arnon at the extremity of the border. And Balak said to Balaam, Did I not send to you to call you? Why did you not come to me? Am I not able to honor you? Balaam said to Balak, Behold, I have come to you. Have I now any power of my own to speak anything? The word that God puts in my mouth, that must I speak. Then Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kiriath-Hazoth. And Balak sacrificed oxen and sheep, and sent for Balaam and for the princes who were with him. And in the morning, Balak took Balaam and brought him up to Bamoth Baal. And from there, he saw a fraction of the people. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Peculiar Podcast, the podcast where we are listening and reading the Bible every single day in order to finish it within a year. My name is James Chase, and I have a new background song. Did you recognize it? You thought that there was a new track because this isn't what you're used to. And that's good. I have some tracks loaded up um, and I figured maybe every my, my initial thought was every 50 or so episodes, uh, I would change it just just to have some consistency. But then mix it up in a while. It's kind of like this is a new season. <laughs> 50 days. This is day 51, guys. It feels good. We are not quite at the top, nowhere near, but we're, it's 50. 50 is something to be celebrated. So I'm proud of you. Once again, we're on day 51. Thank you for joining me. We are in numbers, chapter 21 and 22. It's going to be good. I, I want to talk about some things that stuck out to me. But man, this track though. 
I really like this one. Okay, all right. By the way, the name of this track is called Seafoam by Joe Bay. And all of the songs for this section where I do the talking about the things that stuck out to me, it's all part of a an album that is made by Christians that is copyright free for anyone to use. You, if you're curious about where to find it, just go to Google, type in for the culture instrumentals. I think it should come up, hopefully. But anyways, we're almost at the end of this track. So let's just. That was nice, wasn't it? I like this track. I'm going to use it for for a while, maybe for the next 50. We'll see what happens. But as for the things that stuck out to me in these two chapters. The first of all, we have a couple wins here. We the Israelites are they they defeated a a nation. They conquered some land. And that's pretty good. Pretty good. Considering the way things have been going with the complaining and the the deaths and the complaining and the swallowing up by the earth and the complaining and the rock smashing and the there's a lot of terrible things going on so this is a good positive note but then it gets negative again because the Israelites they love to complain and find things wrong and this is interesting this is interesting <laughs> because you you remember the story about my the job that I was telling you? I think this part connects very well to that. So I think it's chapter twenty one, verse five, where it says, uh, "You brought us out of Egypt to die." And there goes that whole Egypt thing. Oh man, we should totally go back to that. But then it says, "There is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul hates this." This bread, this light bread. I'm, I'm looking at the KJV right now. It says, our soul loatheth this light bread. Which is very interesting to me. So what they're saying is, there's no bread, there's no water, and we don't like this bread that we have. I'm just like, what? Bruh, what are you saying right now? You're not even making sense. It's kind of like when, you know, your, your kid is, for those of you that have children, it, it sounds childish. They sound like children. It's like, oh, I want, I want food, but the food that, but you have food. No, we don't have food. No, eat this. That's not good. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, and it's, it's frustrating, man. But it reminded me of my job that God graciously blessed me with. Uh, by the way, and it, uh, just to add more to that story, I, I was working at Panera Bread before my job at the post office making Panera bread money. Um, in 2011, I think. Yeah. I was making, I was making Panera bread money in 2011. Wasn't a lot of money. Um, just putting the year in just in case uh, minimum wage has risen since then, which I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it has. And I was just praying for another job and I was in church on a Sunday And we had this guest preacher come in and he just talked about giving and believing. And I remember just feeling this unction. I am hesitant to say the voice of God, but it it felt very 
felt a strong move in the Holy Spirit, I'll say. And all right, I'll say it was the voice of God because I, I felt God telling me to just give more than what I usually do. And um, I, I knew I had this money saved up in my, in my bank account. It wasn't a lot of money. I think it was a hundred dollars or so. And I felt God say, okay, but you know, give this hundred, hundred dollars. And I thought, <laughs> I thought, but I don't, that's all, that's all I got. Uh, what can I, can I give 80? Can I give is, can I give 80? Is that, will that be good? And I just felt God. And I, and this is why I hesitate to say it because I've never heard anybody <laughs> talk about God this way, but I felt God say like, boy, if you don't go to that ATM and get this money and, 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 and give, you know, and like, that's how, that's how, that's how it sounded to me. That's how I, I felt it. So I just went to the ATM machine. Um, I took out, uh, the, the hundred dollars gave it. And I, I think it was either the next day or two days later, I get a job. I get a call from the post office and they're offering this job as a custodian paid way more than Panera money. I was making, you know, government money and it was great. And I, I was like, wow, I've, I, wow. Double, di double digits. Oh, oh, double digit wage. Okay. <laughs> and, and I enjoyed it. But then after the time went by and like I said before, I, the discontentment grew and I was just like, oh, this isn't good enough. You know, I, I you know, I want to move on to something else. And so I'm just saying that to let you know that yes, Israelites be cray. I be cray. People be crazy sometimes. It's not, it's not okay. Like just count your blessings, honestly, count your blessings. Because I think we have this, we get this image in our minds of how things should be or how we want them to be. And then we compare it to our reality and it's not that. And then that's where the complaining comes in because oh, I, I want, I want this, I want this thing that was in my head and it's not that. And, and for me, that's what it, that's what it was. I, I became unsatisfied with my current situation because I began to imagine better for myself and I forgot to count what was real and what was in front of me. Speaking of what was in front of the Israelites, this complaining came right after they had a victory and conquered some land. And that just reminds me to always be vigilant in times of quote unquote spiritual highs, you know, where everything is going well. And, you know, you feel really close to God. Yeah, I think in those moments, it can be kind of easy to to let up and not be consistent in prayer or be consistent in your Bible reading. But always be diligent, always be consistent in those things, be consistent in and giving thanks. That's first Thessalonians. But the Israelites didn't give thanks. And because of that, God sent serpents. People began to die from getting bit. And then we get to a part that can be a bit hard to understand. There are two parts that are hard to understand in this reading today. But the first one is making this bronze serpent 
so that the people can be healed. And it's just, it's just interesting to me that the thing that would heal them would be the thing that caused the plight in the first thing, the first place. I mean, initially they, they brought it on themselves and then the stakes was God's judgment, but looking into the, 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 the bronze snake would bring about their healing. And, uh, you know, so I did like any person would do, you do some research and I was brought to John three fourteen, where Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus and he says, as the, the bronze staff was lifted up, so will I be lifted up? And I was like, oh, wait, what? Oh, well. And the same way that this bronze serpent was lifted up and it brought salvation to these people, it, it, it saved them from, from death. Jesus was lifted up on the cross to die for our sins and he beat death for us and he made a, he made a way to have salvation and eternal life through him. And, and even with, you know, you know how the, the Israelites had to look at the, the serpent and then they would, they would be healed. I think it's the same way with Jesus. If you, you look at him on the cross with the crown in his head and the nails in his hands and in his feet and you know, the way that they treated him on the, the way to being crucified. And, and you look at him ultimately saying, forgive them. They know, they know not what they do. I, I think that changes people. I really, I really do. I think you, once you have that, that image and you fully grasp what Jesus took for the people of his time, but also us living right now, that will bring a life change in my opinion. I mean, I, I think once you, and I, and I think once you believe that to be true, because it is true, then the, the next natural thing is to choose eternal life and to choose to follow him and to be baptized in Jesus name. And then you'll receive the gift of the Holy spirit. Not going to talk about, it's not going to stop talking about that. <laughs> and because the Bible says, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made righteousness to God in him, righteousness of God in him. So we are in sin right now. If you have not uh, decided to follow Jesus, if you haven't been baptized in his name, then, you know, we're, we're born in sin and the way out, he's made a way out of that by becoming the thing that is destroying us. He, be, he became sin and the wrath of God was poured out on him, the wrath that we deserved. And now we have the opportunity to choose eternal life with him, something that we, we don't deserve. So choose him, come out of the sin, come out of what's weighing you down and, and choose him today. All right, we got to move on because we have a whole nother chapter to go through. <laughs> Okay, chapter 22. I, I get so excited when I read about Balak and Balaam or I hear those names because this story is so amusing to me and we've, we've only gotten through half of it in chapter 22. But man, 
there's another part here that got confusing for me. And you are, you already know what it is because it confused you too. I guarantee you got confused about this. I, I guarantee 95% of the people that read about this, they get to verse 20 and verse 21 and verse 22. And they, and they go, what, what just happened? Because it says Balaam got up in the morning and he saddled his donkey. Uh, KJV says something different that I will not repeat it here on this podcast. (laughs) And he went with the princes of Moab. Verse 22 says, and God's anger was kindled because he went. Uh, Also, uh, before that, God said, hey, uh, if these men, if they call, come up to you and, and if they call you, then go with them. Go ahead. And, but, you know, just do what I say to do. Um, paraphrasing. And so he does. And then God says, I'm mad at you. Why did you do that? Um, it's kind of like when Sarah told Abraham to uh, impregnate the servant, but then she got mad when, when he did it. But it's not like that. I mean, it's, fu- it's funny, but it's not, it, it's not like that. <laughs> so like anybody else, when you don't understand something in the Bible, do a little research, find out what, what's happening here. And that's what I did. And I, fi- I found out that there is one thing you can say to God that will probably be the most important thing for you to say to him in your life. Um, and it's not Jesus Christ, I accept, I accept you into my heart. Um, it's not even a thing. It is, Lord, your will be done. And what we're reading about here is um, a struggle of two wills, right? Because in the first instance, when these men initially come from Balak and they ask, hey, come, here's the message from, from Balak. Will, will you come with us? First thing Balaam says is, lodge here tonight. I'll bring back word to you as the Lord speaks to me. As you should. And in making decisions, seek God, seek the will of God. And I think it's interesting and funny. Uh, God came to Balaam and said, who, who are these men with you? As if he doesn't know what's about to go down. Uh, you know, he's just having a little fun. <laughs> and, and Balaam uh, explains. And uh, in verse 12, God says to Balaam, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people for they are blessed. And that was it. That's, that's, that's where it should have ended. And, and don't, don't go curse them because they are blessed. Also, amazing thing that God calls the Israelites blessed after their seventh complaint. But we'll get back to that. So that, that was it. That's what he, and, and, and he tells them that. He says, I'm not going to go with you guys. They're, they're blessed. They're not cursed. So on and so forth. And Balak says, I mean, 52 no's and a yes means yes. So he's like, I'm going to keep trying. And then, uh, then Balaam, Balaam answers and says, even though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the command of the Lord, my God, to do less or more. That's great. That, that, that per- great response. Hey, man, you can give me all the gold, all the silver, everything, all the money in your house. Like, man, I can't, I can't go with you because, you know, I know, I know what the will of the Lord is. And this is the will of the Lord. This is what the Lord told me to do because that's what his will. This is what he wants. He doesn't want me to go. But hey, um, I'm going to go seek God and see what he says. 
Um, I'm going to see what his will says. So you guys stay here and I'm going to go see what he wants me to do, you know, because we don't know what the will of the Lord is. We don't know what he, what he actually wants. So I'm going to go seek him again. Cause I mean, that's, that's what you should do. Right. Cause we don't know what the will of the Lord is. He knew what the will of the Lord was. He knew what the will of the Lord was. And, and God says, if the men have come to call you rise, go with them, but only do what I tell you. And in this instance, God says, all right, Balaam, your will be done. You know, you, you, you knew what I said the first time you said, I said, don't go with them because Israelites, they are blessed. They're not cursed. So, but here you are again, asking me what to do. So go ahead, you know, cause evidently you, you, you want to go. So go. And this is um, ooh, an interesting part. Ooh, it's about to get heavy. Man. <laughs> um, because God's allowance of something does not equal approval. That's the word I'm looking for. It doesn't equal approval. Because here he tells him to go, but we clearly read that that guy's anger was kindled because he went. And I know, I know it's easy to say, oh, God is confusing. God, you know, he, he tells him to do this one thing, then he gets mad at him for doing it. He was just trying to, he's just trying to obey him. He was, just, he was just doing what he was told. But was he though? Was he trying to do what he was told? Because he was told not to go. He was told not to go. That was, that was the initial answer. No. You know, sometimes you go to God for something that you get a, you get a maybe, not a maybe, you get a not yet, you get a no, you get a yes. But you know, if it's a, if it's a not yet, yeah, keep praying about it. If it's a yes, you know, praise God. Don't, don't keep praying about it because God says yes. If it's a no, then it's a no. And don't keep praying about it. And we know something is up with Balaam because we get to verse 32. And the angel of the Lord says to him, why have you struck your donkey three times? Behold, I have come out to oppose you because your way is perverse to me. There was something going on in Balaam that did not sit right with God and his character that caused God to be angry with Balaam. And yeah, he was angry. But in that same instance, there's grace because and uh, right after that, if she had not turned aside from me, verse 33, surely just now I would have killed you and let her live. And I mean, I, regardless of how God, how mad God is at me, if I'm Balaam in this instant, I'm just like, whoo, oh, praise God, I'm not dead. God's anger, while I do not want it, is way better, way more preferable than death. I'm just saying eternal death. And this is what the, Lord, the angel of the Lord is saying to Balaam. How many times did he try to give him a heads up? Three times. I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing. Even in allowing Balaam to do what he wanted and, and, and allowing him to have his own will, because that's what God does sometimes, you know, because we, we want to do whatever we want to do. And God says, okay, because he doesn't force people to do whatever it, love is not, love isn't forceful. And he wants us to love him 
willingly. Now, I think it's hilarious that Balaam is arguing with a donkey and I don't even think he realizes it because he's just so mad that this donkey keeps going off the off the road and bumping his ankles into the wall. But when he finally sees what is going on and he kind he comes to his senses, he says, I have sinned. And then he says, hey, if you want me to go back, I will. But God says, no, go on, but only do what only say what I tell you to say. And it's in that moment that the will of Balaam and the will of God are both aligned. And that's when amazing things begin to happen. But we're going to read about that tomorrow in our next Bible reading. Thank you for joining me today and deciding to spend your time here. It really means a lot. I'm looking at a, a 32 minute episode here. It's, it's a little bit longer than what I've made in the past. I'm not apologizing for it. There was a lot going on here in this in these readings today. And I hope that what I'm saying to you make makes sense. If nothing else, choose Jesus, follow Jesus, um, ask him to have his will done in your life, be baptized in his name, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Your life, you, you, will, you will never make a better decision in your life. Speaking of decisions, I have to decide to end this episode. <laughs> So thank you so much for listening to the Peculiar Podcast. If you have any thoughts, opinions, if what I said didn't make sense, you can find me on Instagram at underscore Peculiar Productions or on Facebook at Peculiar Productions. I would really like to hear your feedback. So until tomorrow, thank you for listening to the Peculiar Podcast, the podcast where we are reading and listening to the Bible every single day in order to finish it within a year. My name is James Chase and I'll see you tomorrow.